Welcome to this special edition of the Hyperfast Show, where we are featuring speakers from the Hyperfast Summit, which we had in Boca Raton, Florida, February of 2022. Today, you're going to hear from three different amazing agents in our top local agent panel. Mari Juliet, Nicole Stambra, and Jimmy Branham. They all have sold hundreds of homes. You're going to learn a lot from this one. Check it out. tonight, I guess. Um, I'm going to bring Dustin to the stage right now so he can get us kicked off. But I hope you guys bring a lot of energy today, a ton of engagement. Let's make sure you're getting what you want. You guys all set your intention on day one in the morning when we had that moment of quiet, right? If you haven't gotten your aha moment yet, make sure it happens. Make sure it happens today. Be intentional. Yes? Okay. Dustin Brown, come on down. Dr. Dustin, to the stage. Come on now, come on now, wake up in here, wake up. There we go, there we go. I was gonna say, I, I was gonna ask everybody how they're doing, you say unbelievable, I say yeah, unbelievably hungover, Carrie. Yeah, she said it, like, yeah, I see some glazed eyes out there today, you know, I see the glaze. All right, cool. Well, we're gonna start off with our local agent panel. And these panelists today are all stars of the Florida real estate market. They're here to share their expertise and help you sell more homes and make more money. I mean, come on. That's a good way to start the morning out. Sell more homes, make more money. Buy more drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, so everybody, please give it up for Jimmy Branham, Mari Juliet, and Nicole Stambro. All right, and you cannot have a great panel without a great moderator. Our moderators here from Allied Title and Escrow always receive multiple prestigious awards for business growth, fast business growth. Please welcome the CEO of Allied Title and Escrow. Allied Title and Escrow. Hey, I didn't drink that much last night. <laughs> Allied Title, Latney Mead. <laughs> Let him hear it, folks. Let him hear it. Yes, sir. it. Appreciate it. And this up. Okay, awesome, awesome. I'm going to hand this to you guys. I'll let you guys pass it around here. Great to see you guys. All right, next, what's day two? Today's Thursday, Wednesday. All right, all right. Uh, had a lot of fun with you, a lot of you guys last night, so thank you for that. Uh, way too many drinks, appreciate it. So I'm with Allied Title and Escrow. Really excited here to be talking with our, with our team um, of amazing agents in this area. Um, so just a quick little shameless plug for myself real quick. So we're with Allied Title and Escrow. Um, we're actually JV partners with Cary up in Northern Virginia, DC, Virginia, Maryland. For those of you that don't know Cary before you came to this event, and Dan, 
they are absolutely the real deal. I mean, they're doing over a thousand plus homes up there. I mean, hundreds of homes on a monthly basis. Like, listen to what they have to say. They know what they're talking about. Title, very boring, always settle. You know, we're trying to be creative. We have shirts like this out there. We, we actually brought shirts. That's uh, Jamie and uh, Michelle over there. So they're over at the booth, and they have great shirts for you guys today. Title's boring. We're trying to make it fun. I'm done with my shameless plugs, though. we got some amazing guests here, so let's do this. So, yeah, first of all, I'd love to uh, each one of you guys just real quickly tell them about yourself, your team, how big it is. You know, let everyone know a little bit about you guys. Hi, I'm Mari Juliet. I have a brokerage in Pompano Beach of 20 agents. We just opened about six months ago, and we're really doing great. It's a bunch of young agents, mostly women, and we cover Miami to Palm Beach and just expanded to Orlando and the Tampa area. So, yep. Hey everyone, I'm Nicole Stamber with the Stamber Home team. Um, I have an amazing team of five women and I'm up in the Jupiter, Palm Beach area and I also serve further north into North Palm Beach County and Martin County. Um, yeah, good to be here. Hey everybody, my name is Jimmy Branham. Uh, I'm with the Kai's Company and my markets are primarily the Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach area. Um, I have a couple of buyer's agents that work with me and then two virtual assistants. Um, we're a smaller team under a larger brokerage, and um, we do probably close to 60 to 70 transactions a year. Thanks. Jimmy, while you have the mic there, so, you know, with, I hear all the time, the relocation of Florida, you know, yep. and I know tons of people up in Northern Virginia and D.C. and New York all moving here. How has that changed things in the past year? What has that environment been like? And tell us about, you know, the experience of the pandemic and people moving down here. Well, it, I mean, it was quite the experience really going from zero business when COVID had first hit and everyone was scared and frightened and then it kind of just all exploded. Uh, really in my business personally, I saw about a 25% increase from out of the area buyers. Uh, majority of them are coming from California, New York, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts and Illinois. And um, we're seeing a lot of that on the vacation rental front from an investment property and also just purchasing a primary residence. Right. Uh, I will throw in one random story that, that always sticks in my mind. It was about six months ago. I'm walking through. It was about a $2 million property with a buyer of mine. And we're walking through, and we're, we're looking at the beautiful views, and we're kind of discussing and looking at each other like, this is way overpriced. We know it's way overpriced. And I can overhear as, you know, there's a, a big flash of people coming through the property and a buyer and their agent talking. And the agent goes, yeah, this is like a quarter million dollars overpriced. And the buyer looks at her and goes, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. I'm going to save double that on taxes every year. And I was mm -hmm. like, that sums it up. Uh, it really does. I mean, I, we hear, we see it constantly. I, I used to live in California. In a previous life, I was in the sports entertainment industry running obstacle races around the world. So natural transition in a title. But we used to always, um, <laughs> we used to always talk about like it was 13.3% state tax rate. Coming here, 0%. I mean, just yeah. life changing, right? It's, and it, we always talked about it, but people still were there. Now they actually have left. Um, Nicole, you built a team, you know, tell us about like, what are the most impactful hires you've made over the years and how did you start building a team? What made you decide to start doing that? Yeah, so I definitely learned the hard way and I tried doing it by myself and kind of fell on my face. So full, full transparency. And then I met Dave, uh, Dan and Carrie and joined Hyperfast and they really taught me a lot of the tools on how to scale my business, how to grow my team step by step. And I think we're going to talk more about that this week. So I'm excited to share that. But 
definitely hiring on a partner agent, having a solid right hand. So Olivia is here up front with me. She's my go-to. And then having my great back staff supporting. So my transaction coordinator, my executive assistant, and then scaling little by little to hire on a second partner agent and another outside sales associate. So really just having the systems in place and the support there to grow and expand rather than, uh, it's like the chicken or the egg. A lot of times people mm -hmm. have all these leads and they panic hire and they hire people who are not the right fit for their culture or for their team, or they have all these people and they're like, crap, I don't have enough leads. So then they you know, buy a bunch of leads on Zillow and Realtor. So I think having the support and the systems in place first and then slowly growing is really the way to achieve that. You brought up leads. Uh, you know, how do you get your leads? You know, wh what does that look like? How much do you spend? Yeah, so I was actually just talking to a couple of members about that this morning. So when I first started in real estate, I did what a lot of agents did, and I bought my leads. I did the Zillow and the Realtor.com, and I didn't have any SOI. I wasn't from Florida. I didn't have any, you know, friends or family sending me business, so I kind of had to just find my own. Um, and then, so most of my business was like 80%, you know, paid leads. And then it's amazing what they say, like after two years of real estate, all of a sudden the floodgates open and you start getting more referral business because I think people have a little confidence in you and they give you those friends and family who want to buy. So all of a sudden my referral business started picking up. Plus I learned so many tools on client appreciation events and gifting programs and referral raving fan programs. And that really transformed my business to now last year it was actually 80% SOI 20% paid, lead, uh, paid leads. So wow. it really flip-flops back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I see all, I talk to agents a lot. We work a lot of agents up in the area. And I, I still, the ones that aren't successful, they just will not invest in themselves. And they will not invest in, I remember one guy made $10,000 on a commission. And I was like, all right, hey, what are you going to do with that? And he's like, I'm not going to do anything. I was like, put it into something, whether it's Zillow or why well, I, I don't I, I don't know the terminology. <laughs> but point is, you know, like, you know, those people that just can't let go of it. Act like you didn't get the deal, you right. know, and invest it, right? Got to reinvest. Awesome. Mari, um, you know, marketing strategies, you know, where, where did you start? How did you get going? Tell us the pain points early on. Okay. Yeah. So I transitioned from medical device sales into real estate pretty quickly, um, and it was kind of unexpected. So I got the calls, you know, that every agent gets from Zillow wanting to sell leads. And at that time, I did not have the budget to pay like $600 a month for leads. So I remember calling my family and I'm like, how do I get business? What do I do? And I ended up just using the tools that I learned in medical device sales into real estate and was able to get all of my clients organically. So every single person that I've worked with, I've never paid for leads in my career of five years. And now I create enough leads and generate enough business for the 20 agents that work on my team. So everything has been organic and it's really just relationship building. I did a lot of door knocking. I did a lot of walking in the sun for six hours at a time, <laughs> uh, trying to show people that I was a really hard worker when people look at you know young agents as being maybe lazy or not able to handle the business, but I really wanted to prove myself, which is why I got into investing and um, helping investors buy properties that would make them great returns on their investment and um, kind of build that trust with invest investors also so that I would get that repeat business. How did you get into that investor world? So you said you kind of got in there. What was your strategy and stuff? Yeah, so um, 
right out of the gate, I knew that if I could build trust with investors from the first deal and make them happy at the closing table and make them happy with their investments, that that would snowball into more uh, transactions. So sometimes I would work with a client that I would help them with one purchase and then it would be five in a year. Um, so I just kind of continued to not think about the purchase price and the you know, commission in my pocket, but more so how I was going to make these clients money so that they would come back to me and trust me with their purchases and their investments. And now I've, you know, I have clients that started off buying like a $300,000 property and then now they maybe want to buy an apartment building. So, and clients that I bought a $130,000 condo and then now I'm selling their house for 1.6 million. So, just about keeping those relationships and, you know, being a person and remembering that these are human beings and not just the ROI on your lead mm -hmm. generation. Yeah, you know? yeah sure. Uh, Jimmy, um, in terms of pricing, I mean, I actually heard someone last night was telling me on the boat, uh, Florida's gone up 20%, over 20% in a year. You know, tell me about like pricing strategies. How do you look at that? How do you consider that? You know, how do you talk to your clients about it? Yeah, pretty much at this point, we just let the seller pick the price and we <laughs> just say, no problem, we'll let it ride. Um, <laughs> we've, we've really just had to dig into the data almost daily to, to best serve our clients in this market because this market has made me a liar more often than not. Um, and I want to be well-researched when we're going, just like Mari was saying. I mean, we want to do the best for our clients, even if it's going to cost me money, cost me a sale in the short term. So when I'm going to go and price, I look at three different areas. One, I kind of, I'll track the market and trend to see what those comps were selling for about a year ago and use, and then figure out kind of the way an appraiser would figure out the whole overall arching market and get that, you know, growth data together so they can see that. Then I'll also look at recent comps. The problem with a recent comp now is that it's old. You know, if it's a month old, two months old, that's old. Uh, and then I've got to look at the supply that's on the market. Most of the supply in our current current marketplace here, especially if you're waterfront, Pompano, Fort Lauderdale, it's about a month, maybe a month and a half. So, and, and I would say about one month of that is overpriced, but still might sell anyway. So it's a, it's a tricky market. I wish I had a perfect answer <laughs> for you. Absolutely. Uh, Nicole, you mentioned you came here and you didn't know anyone. And, and you know, if there's some people out here that might be thinking about getting into real estate, where the hell do you start when you come into a new market, new industry? You know, what did you do at first? What worked? What didn't? Yeah, so for me, I've always been a huge advocate of finding a mentor in all, in every phase of your life, whether that's for personal, you know, relationship stuff, for kids stuff, for family stuff, whatever, or for your business. So, um, Carrie is definitely that mentor for me. I've had some other mentors along the way when I was in the corporate world, but just having that person that you can really, you know, ask those uh, questions that are a little bit, um, what's the word, that you're vulnerable, right, that you can share that with and get and really dig deep into. So um, I think that's important to find that person in your life that you can have those honest conversations with and who genuinely wants you to succeed and, s and see you grow. Um, and I also think coming to events like this and networking with agents like these, top producers in your community is golden. Uh, I wanted to echo on one thing that Jimmy said with the supply, which is, yes, it's so hard to comp properties in this market right now. And the, the comps that are a month old are really too old. So one of the best skills is reaching out to the agents who have the 
depending in the act of under contract listings and seeing what they will share with you in terms of how close to list price or if they had multiple offers or what the traffic was on that listing because then those are more real time that you can use to, to comp but it's working with agents and having those relationships that might give you you know a heads up on an off market that they have so it to echo what Mari said, it's all relationships, but um, finding the mentor and, and building that village and support staff around you that will help you succeed. Yeah, yeah I mean the fact that you all are here, you I mean you're, you can talk just talking to people. It's not your the agents I used to see when we first got in Northern Virginia. You know, it's people are trying to do things differently, trying to learn from each other. You know, on that note, I want to give you guys as much information as you can take away as like a tidbit that helps. So one question someone else was asking me earlier is like. Was there, is there one thing you did that you would never do again or one thing that would really help your career? And I'll open up to, to all you guys to, to answer that. <laughs> one thing <coughs> that I wish I knew when I was uh, like a brand new agent was just to separate your own, you know, I guess emotions and feelings about the deal from the deal itself. And the more you can do that, especially when you're dealing with other agents, like when there's egos involved and sometimes you can get into a situation with the negotiations where you're like, is this about the client and the deal or is this about me and this agent just butting heads? So I really found that being nice, like you said, like networking with other agents and like being the nice agent that people want to work with. Um, like if I had a listing and there was a uh, listing across the street, instead of saying, oh my God, that's my competition, I'm gonna avoid them, I would go to their open house and then say, hey, let's do open houses at the same time, let's try to get the traffic at the same time, and then end up selling both houses. So keep in mind that you don't have to be, even though it's a very competitive industry, like keep the client in mind, keep the, keep the deal in mind before your own, I guess, you know, ego, I would say. Yeah, I would echo what Mari just said. I think I think having great industry relationships is so important. I mean, I'm getting referrals from from old realtors that I partnered with in the marketplace, and we would do deals together. And now they got out of the business, and they're sending me leads. So don't don't ever cut those relationships short. And we're usually working together, not competing. Most, I mean, even though we would work in the same market, we're probably going to do a lot more deals together than go head to head on any kind of deal. So we always want to keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, loved what Lana said yesterday, just about you know the events she's putting together, how she stays in touch. I mean, that's that is that I think that's a big key of a lot of it. You know, from a staying in touch and even like gifting stuff and sh uh, plug here. Um, talked to this agent one time and she told me about, I don't know if anyone uses Client Giant. So clientgiant.com, I actually really like this. Uh, four gifts a year, not sent on, um, you know, not sent on just like birthdays and holidays, but sent when you're not expecting them. And so they're thoughtful and they come from you specifically. You know, all you need is their address and then they send these gifts. So something that we actually been using on the title side and anyone in here that we talk to, well, you'll probably be receiving Client Giant gifts from us, but highly recommend it. And I love what Lana was doing and stuff. What did you guys do to stay in touch with your customers and events and all that stuff? Uh, we use a gifting program called Lolo, and that reaches out to other local businesses in the marketplace. And every month, we're sending a free gift. It's not a coupon to go utilize that local business. So we'll, we're usually paying, I don't know, let's call it a dollar a person. And then they're going to go get about a $10 gift to go use at a restaurant, coffee shop, um, it could be a new new store, a hair salon, something like that. So, so they get to experience the local market. You put it in by city, 
and then um, they get that every month from us as a free gift. It's called Lolo, L-O-L-O. I would just echo what Lana Rodriguez shared yesterday and what we just mentioned now because this is exactly what transformed my business from 80% paid leads to 80% SOI, my business, in one year. Legit one year. I joined Hyperfast. I met Lana. She said how she did 300 transactions. She never bought a lead. It's all SOI. I'm like, how the hell she does, how does she do that? It can't be possible. And then learning from her and taking all those steps and putting them into action and doing these client events and sending these gifts and putting systems in place that's automated. Because yes, it's really hard to remember 400 birthdays and 400 home anniversaries. So I just hired a client coordinator, a client care coordinator for my team to work on all the gifting and events for this year. So just looking at it in that way and giving back, that has really transformed my business. So I can't speak highly enough about doing those events and sending those types of gifts. Um, for gifts, I usually do a handwritten note. Like I always kind of change it up every year. I just, on Christmas, I'll create like a different kind of gift that's kind of customized for them. And I always do a handwritten note just to make sure that they know that I care. And I feel like, you know, everything's kind of online now. So if you can do things, you know, in writing, people appreciate it. And I do end up getting, you know, referrals and stuff like that from yep. that. Um, Giftology is a book that, that our team read. It's kind of, it's really interesting. Highly recommend it if you guys haven't read that. Um, you know, I don't even know if I'm supposed to do this, but, you know, we've got a great group up here. Happy to open it up for questions. If anyone else has questions out there for them. Anyone, anyone? Um, I don't know how to timing. How am I looking on timing? Yes, Carrie. Yes, ma'am. Um, what's the number one thing you've learned about hiring the right people? How do you guys approach that? Because all of you have teams and a lot of people in the audience, that's the next hurdle for them to really grow. The number one thing I've learned is to, I guess like opening a brokerage, it's very exciting when people are interested in joining and it's, you know, it's flattering that people wanna join your brokerage and join what you're doing. Um, but with clients, you really do have to take your time with hiring people that are gonna represent you and represent what you've already, the standard you've already created for your business with the clients that you already have, you have to keep that in mind because you want to make sure that the people that you're hiring are on that same wavelength of like, it's about the client, it's about, you know, like the same ideas that you have and, and that you can communicate those to the person and that they understand that it's about the client and, um, you know, just taking your time with it, not flash hiring people, I guess. <laughs> The panic hire, that's yeah. what happens, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it starts with understanding what your brand is and then creating your culture from that or vice versa and then hiring the right people that fit your culture, right? And I will say, same thing, I hired all these people because I had these leads and I needed someone to go sell them, but they were the wrong fit for so many reasons. So it ha I had to take a step back and be like, all right, who am I? What am I trying to build? What's my brand? What am I known as? And I literally would ask friends and family like, hey, when you think of me, what, what are words that come to mind? Like what are, give me five words or verbs or adjectives that 
you think of when you think of me as a person, as Nicole, the mom and you know friend, and then as the business person. And I took those and I kind of put together like a circle and I'm like, okay, I, I can relate to these five things and this is how I'm gonna form my brand and my culture and my identity. Then I need to find people who are all gonna fit that same model, right? And it may be people who are not super experienced and they are newer agents or they're younger or whatever it is, but do they have the grit? Do they have the work ethic? Um, are they outgoing? Are they people person? Are they energetic? Do they wake up when I wake up at 5.30 in the morning? You know, are they hustling hardcore on the weekends, on the holidays? Those are the people in my tribe. And if and I need to know that in the very beginning. And I oh, echo, Aunt Lana said this yesterday. You interview, you maybe meet them once or twice in the office, you make the offer, right? No, like I wish, this is something I will do on my next hire. You bring them on for a week or two, you have them follow you for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you bring them to the open houses, you take them on showings with you, you get to really know who they are and if you mesh, because everyone can interview easily, but is that legit, is that genuine, or is that just a front that they're putting on to get the offer and join your team? So. Slow to hire, fast to fire. It's not cliche, it's legit, so. Slow to hire, fast to fire. That's great motto. I've, uh, I've made some painful team member hires just due to ignorance and inexperience. Um, and what I realized is what I'm ultimately looking for, I could put it into two things. Make sure that the individual puts others' interests ahead of their own is number one, and number two is work hard. If they do those two things, and I can see that, and usually we'll have a three-month trial period, then they're going to succeed and they're going to do very well. And we're also, we're happy on our team to launch people into their own industry. We're not afraid of that. We're not afraid of giving them secrets and going and competing with us. We want them to thrive in their, in their business and industry. So, so you as a team leader, if you're going to expect that of them, you've got to look out for their best interests. So always remember that. I love it. Um, yeah, so I mean, the last thing is just, you know, I'd love to, if you, I mean, we're here to kind of help each other and there's people from different areas. You can share leads and referrals and stuff like that. Tell just, uh, tell people where they can like find you online and where they can look you up, uh, you know. Sure, um, one of the convicting things about this, um, this whole conference we have going is I'm really bad with social media. Uh, <laughs> I am and I'll admit it up here. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at Branham Group. Um, I'm trying to get better at it, got to get better at video, no doubt. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> my, listen, guys, my Facebook got hacked two months ago, and I couldn't stand Facebook anyway, so I was like, forget it. I don't, I don't even want it anymore. But then I felt guilty because, you know, other people were encouraging me, you got to do it for business, so I put it back up, and now I have like 300 friends. So if you see me on Facebook, <laughs> guys, people do like me. They do, but, <laughs> but, but I haven't really gone out and done anything else there. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and go to hyperfastagent.com to learn about upcoming in-person and online events. And don't forget to share this show with someone that you think could benefit from hearing it and make sure you subscribe on YouTube or anywhere that you can find podcasts.